Hello everyone, welcome to episode 816 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Poff. This year we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Waves 8 Festival running Thursday, September 19th through Sunday the 22nd at Metro and Smart Bar in Chicago. This year's performers include Pop Elite Itself, Nitzer Ebb, Test Department, Filter, Chem Lab, How Job, Severed Heads, Pig, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links. Performing Thursday night at Metro, this is Curse Mackey. Oh, 
Last time we spoke, which you, you just mentioned, it was two years and two weeks ago. You were still sort of starting to form your solo show. Now it sounds like you've fully realized it. So I've been going from doing more of a uh, scream of conscious, semi-freeform, spontaneous composition type of approach to making the sounds of, of the moment that I was doing. And now it's more like here we have a concise collection of a dozen songs that have been produced and created into an album format connected by a theme through a, that now is taken to the stage. So that's been the advancement of the what the live show has become, which is great because now I'm playing songs that are absolutely fresh and new and exciting to me. And I think that's translating pretty well from what I experienced on my last tour with, with uh, my life with the Thrill Cult Cult that we just wrapped up. How is it performing by yourself? Do you feel like you're happy with this and you want to continue doing it that way? Or do you think in the future you might want to incorporate other people to, to help out? Uh, yes and yes. Basically, it can grow. It's, it's not going to be completely withheld or held back just by it within the constraints of just me on stage. I can definitely see potential growth for the project as needed, and I can just scale up if that makes sense. So, um, but right now, since Instant Exorcism, my album just came out two months ago on Negative Gain. So this tour that I just did with My Life with the Thrill Cult, those were basically like the first 20 shows were essentially the first time the Curse Mackey project, as it is now, has played those markets for the most part in this format. So it's brand new. Um, so it makes sense for me to travel and perform the show this way that I'm doing it right now. And then on subsequent tours and maybe another album or two down the line, then that show is obviously going to grow and evolve per you know album cycle or what. Uh, the resources of the moment may be. So yeah, I'm definitely down to, to expand it with additional members at some point. I saw that you used uh, some of your paintings and your collages for the, uh, for the album artwork. Being able to merge the painting into the artwork for the album, which opens up a whole new world of what just the, what the album is, because now the album includes original paintings as well as strange trinkets that I've started making, like the Cursifixes. And I have a, um, which is actually going to go up for sale this week. Um, since I did a cassette run, I've been purchasing um, old Walkmans and you know, portable cassette players and putting art related to the album on those. So when you buy the cassette, you can also get the, the custom one-of-a-kind instant exorcism paranormal field recorder and playback device. You know, like fun pieces that go along with the music I'm able to, to make. So it becomes more of an art project in general rather than just an album, which I, I do curate exhibits and make art. And I love a gallery aesthetic, so to speak. So it's cool to be able to make the music open up into that world. It's cool to get a, a limited edition record that, that maybe has, you know, only a hundred or two hundred copies pressed, but when but when someone like you or I've also noticed, 
Jared from ChemLab, he's making these hand-drawn lyrical yeah, art books out of, yep. out, of, out of the binding. It's like to get something that you know that there only exists one of those. I think that's such a cool idea. And I'm sure that doesn't work for every band, but I, I, I would think, you know, to anyone that, that's really into this, that that'd be a, a cool part to add to your collection. I think so, too. And then it's also, as an artist, that can be part of the sustainability model of revenue sources because you can't always play a show but when you're playing a show you can bring a a really cool offering of things for that are like you say are are the one of a kind so you can kind of make that artist mobile gallery that you pop up in a venue in one night hopefully be as impactful as possible with a good show and then having rad pieces for people to go home with and then everybody has a great night. And then that allows us to continue to create in a way that at least isn't completely painful and cost prohibitive over time. The trucker hat looks like it's sold out. Yes, that did good. And then um, like the cursor fixes are, are fairly light and can travel with those pretty easy. And then the other thing that is coming out over the next week or so is the digital pill format, which is basically a um, hand-painted prescription pill bottle that I do these instant exorcism-related art pieces, wraparounds, and paint them up in uh, little collage bits. And then that has a digital download card inside. So it's like the easily-to-digest pill form in case you really need an instant exorcism really fast.
after Cold Waves, uh, Thoracle Cold Tour must have gone really well last time because you're going to do it again this fall. Oh, yeah. It was just the best place for me to be, having known those guys for so long. And I'm super close with both Buzz and Groovy, and they're lifelong friends of mine uh, from being in the band some years ago as well so it was just really an honor like um buzz came to my la show when i opened for clan of zymox back in november uh, of last year and he was like hey so we're gonna go out on tour in may we've got our new album coming out in february and just want to see if you might want to come out with us and just kind of keep it in the family so to speak you know like rekindled collaborations in a way so it was really awesome I think the pairing between me and them worked very well and the crowds were awesome. Every show did really good business. Uh, people were super enthusiastic and thrill kill were they were pretty much as great as they've ever been in many ways. Like it's very exciting to see them with a new album out still making people dance and doing what they do. So it was very energizing in many ways. So I'm very excited that, yeah, we go from cold waves. And then I'm also doing Baltimore with Pop Elite itself and Kim Lab on Saturday, September 21st. So two days after our cold waves show, we do that one. And then, yeah, then the Thrill Kill Colts tour starts on October 18th in Detroit, uh, which will then take me through October 8th. I'm playing Levitation Fest, which is a very big, used to be called Psych Fest in Austin, Texas, which started out as kind of this weird psychedelic like uh, indie rock kind of festival, but has really grown into a big thing called Levitation Fest. So they just announced that today, that I'll be playing that on November 8th here in Austin, Texas. And that has everybody like Chelsea Wolf. Flaming Lips, and a multitude of other notable kind of doom, electronic, psychedelic bands of the dark side. It looked like Pigface is also touring around the same time. Did you have to let Martin down gently? That is all still in flux and um, being worked out. There's a possible Clan of Zymox show and some dates with those guys too coming up in the year so. I'm working really hard to, to get everything lined up. But at this point, I'm like at least booked all the way through that Levitation Fest. And then I'm going to be able to announce a few more things in the next week or two, as well as a brand new video that we're working on for the song After You Destruction from my album. It's um, fully like a brand new VR technology in some ways, but it's like a super new camera and we worked with the camera designer themselves to um, create this really cool uh, immersive environment for my video. So you have to wear like an Oculus essentially to experience it in its, in its truest format, but it's pretty fucking sick. So that's going to be coming out soon. I'm, I'm just feeling like everything's on a good roll right now and looking forward to getting to Chicago and seeing all of you guys and girls and all the freaks of the cold waves seen having a good time i know you've told the story to a couple different outlets by now but i i think it would be a shame if i would let this episode go without you you talking about filling in for peter murphy so if, if you don't mind can you walk me through that again because that's just that's pretty insane to me yeah that was definitely uh an insane unexpected surrealist experience but uh to make it really quick 
Um, I was in Orlando because Rona's band Sign, she had been approved to be the opening act for Peter Murphy at that last end of tour makeup show in Orlando on April 4th. I ended up singing uh, the song Drugs from Sign's album. I was watching Side Stage after that and then noticed behind me uh, David Jay and Mark Thwaite, Peter Murphy's guitarist, were also watching. So went over to say hi. And he's like, hey, listen, um, we're kind of in a bind, essentially. Like, it's fucked up situation because Peter is unwell and is probably not going to make the show. So it's like, oh, man, that's a bad scene to cancel on 1,200 people a second time because this was a makeup show. So tensions were already high. It's like, that's kind of a bad thing to do. He's like, yeah, exactly. So pointing at Rona, he says, can, can she do what she's doing right now? And Rona like has her whole little synth rig and electronic percussion kit and is doing vocals like another one man, one woman act. And she can do what she's doing during our performance. And essentially you'll sing knowing that I could handle a few Bauhaus songs if I had to. So as soon as sign was done, I ran out and uh, told Rona like, hey, don't break down your stuff and don't make a face or anything, but just come with me because Peter is probably not going to make it. And if he doesn't show up like in the next five minutes or something, then we'll end up doing this performance with David J and ensemble with some kind of variation on a theme of Bauhaus. So we came up with like eight songs and I sang on four of them and Rona played uh, her percussion electronics on five or six of them. And uh, it, it was a pretty terrifying experience in many ways because it was like the pressure was super on. Once I was on stage to that's when it was like, OK, man, you got to fucking nail this because if it's not good, then that's a bad look. But we did great. So once we were on all on the same beat and knew where we were at in the first song together, it was like pretty magical. David was just with us here in Austin uh, at Rona and I's house and home studio when we were recording for about five days straight of um, working on a little secret project. And that's all I can tell you. But um, yeah, so neat things have, have occurred out of just us putting ourselves in the right place at the right time and then being able to deliver when called upon. So it was way too cool.
On this episode, you heard O Blasphemy, Somewhat Possessed, and After You Destruction. Chris Mackey can be found at chrismackeyngp.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Madmaker by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with LaFay and Maggie from Kaylin Mikla. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here's Chris again remembering the first Cold Waves. I think that the first Cold Waves is the reason that there is a Cold Waves number eight, is that it, for a certain segment of musical talent, it definitely ignited something that had, may have been a little bit dormant. So um, Cold Waves 1 brought together people that had been separated from each other for some time and uh, created like a little spark. And then that, I think, gave the idea of doing it in a, in a little bit of a bigger, more festival-like fashion that is almost kind of an ag- organic growth that occurred. And I can see how that it could get to becoming what it is now very easily. But the first one was just more like kind of getting like together with like 50 people that you haven't seen in a while. And now it's like getting together with like 500 and some are, are new to it and weren't part of like that kind of just super localized sort of Chicago invisible records, Chicago tracks. I mean, Jamie worked on the second evil mother's record as engineer on pitchforks and perverts. Yeah. Like, so for me, it was kind of like that sort of get together and almost a cathartic wake for people that were deeply hurt by his passing.